It's time for the Tri-County Equipment Get Stuck on Sports Podcast. Here are your hosts, Dennis Stuckey and Brady Beaton. And that would be me, and that would be the other guy. I am the other guy, and week two of football action just concluded. I was a little hot there, wasn't I? You're all um, right. You, you get excited. I, I, I know. I get it. Well, it was an exciting game for, for one side. Uh, Croslex is flexing why not only are they BWAC contenders, but Dennis... I know it's two weeks in. I think it's fair to say that they are contenders to make a a deep run. They're not. They're trying to prove they're not just area good. They're state good. And through two weeks, they've passed the test. You saw Port here on Northern, and they did everything we asked them to do and more. Yeah, through two weeks, uh, the Huskies are doing some nice things. I get it. They're beating some bad teams right now. But they're beating bad teams the way good teams should be. And bad they teams. didn't always do that last year. It was a, I want to say, maybe a little more predictable slate of games this week. Uh, next week it picks up a little more. Have a couple rivalry games, but still a lot to talk about. And I don't want to waste a lot of time, Dennis. Um, no, I'm not going to read your one uh, note for the intro because we are a family friendly podcast. I just wanted to see if you were paying attention. To Usually Brady writes the board down, like the, I guess, the script for the show, whatever we call the, the it. The show sheet. The guidelines. I, it's like the show sheet, but it's uh, on a whiteboard. And I, I wrote them down tonight, and I just write it at the top, the very first sentence. I wanted to make sure you were paying attention. Yes, and I'm not going to repeat that for the viewers <laughs> or the listeners, but um, yeah, anything else for the intro? Oh, before we get into it, because okay. I want to talk about the games, uh, the D-Zone put this out that Zach Tetler, this Saturday, taking a visit to the University of Michigan. Doesn't surprise me, especially after you read his numbers tonight. And it shocks me, and we can talk about this maybe in a show next week, why guys aren't getting more love, because that's that's a great for him. But there's no reason every GLIAC school shouldn't be fawning over that kid. Oh, abs- absolutely. Him? Including my alma mater, which I'm a little annoyed they haven't. All right, All right. We, we have three running backs in the Blue Water area who should be playing at the next level when it's their time. Tetler, Groppy, and Hazen later. And it's a shame that more people don't come up and watch these guys play. We'll talk about all three of those guys and a lot more players next. When you run with us on a Gator UTV, the engine has your full attention. The herd takes notice. And the trail meets its match. Because with effortless four-wheel drive and our smoothest shifting transmission yet, nothing runs like a deer. Search John Deere Gator for more. Contact one of Tri-County Equipment's 10 locations in Bad Axe, Birch Run, Burton, Carroll, Fenton, Lapeer, Marlette, Reese, Saginaw, or Sandusky, or visit Tri-County Equipment online at tricountyequipment.com. Marshall E. Campbell Company, located in Port Huron, is a full-line distributor of industrial cutting tools, fluid power, electrical tools, and other electrical supplies, providing utility and contract-based services for more than 100 years. The company has a wide range of products that includes abrasives, automotives, ballast and lamps, boxes and closures, building products, chemicals and lubricants, electrical fittings and equipment, janitorial equipment, wire devices, and tapes and safety products. Marshall E. Campbell Company, located at 2975 Lapeer Road, or call them at 800 850 7520. Buy 
buying or selling a home? You need an experienced company standing ready to help you with all your real estate needs who is committed to making you the client number one. O'Connor Realty hung out its real estate sign in the city of Marysville almost 40 years ago to help the good people of this community buy and sell their homes. O'Connor Realty provides access to free, no obligation home valuation reports prepared by a licensed realtor with no hidden fees. Located at 2801 Gratiot Boulevard, Marysville, give O'Connor Realty a call at 810-364-8700. For all your real estate needs, O'Connor Realty, small enough to know you, large enough to serve you. Brady Bean here again to tell you about TP Logos. TP Logos has everything you could want when it comes to local high school apparel. Head to their store at 901 Michigan Avenue in Marysville and check out their brand new extended showroom. Their already impressive selection has now doubled. I guarantee if you go into TP Logos, you will find something you love for your local team. If they don't have what you like, they'll custom make something just for you. That's TP Logos at 901 Michigan Avenue in Marysville. Mattress King has been locally owned and operated for over 40 years. With locations in Port Huron, Richmond, Lapeer, Chesterfield, and Hall Road, they are the best one-stop shop for your sleeping and mattress needs. Mattress King carries all the top brands such as Serta, Stearns & Foster, Sealy, iComfort, and Tempur-Pedic. Not only do they have the best prices and best service in the area backed by hundreds of five-star reviews, they also offer interest-free financing and no-credit check programs for those with less than stellar credit. Once you get your mattress, they offer free local delivery on all purchases $6.99 and up. When you think sleep, think Mattress King. Garrett Clean by Bachelor has been faithfully serving the Blue Water area for over 25 years. Whether you are commercial or residential, if you need carpet cleaning, stain removal, upholstered furniture, drapery, or air duct cleaning, call Derek Clean by Bachelor at 810-982-7044 and talk to Mike about their aerated foam process that allows carpet and furniture to dry quickly. From pet stains to odor removal to water damage cleaning and restoration, there's only one call you need to make. Derek Clean by Bachelor, 810-982-7044. 44 Duraclean by Bachelor. The YMCA of the Blue Water area is pleased to announce a Night of Champions Thursday, September 15th at 6 p.m. at the McMorrin Arena in downtown Port Huron. Eight-time Emmy Award winner Mike Doc Emmerich will host with special guests, activities, food, and both live and silent auctions. Tickets must be purchased in advance and are available at the YMCA, 1525 3rd Street in Port Huron. Cost is $100 per person or $1,000 for a table. For more information on a Night of Champions with Mike Doc Emmerich, call the Y at 810 810- 987-6400 extension 132 finding that missing shin guard remembering whether it's a home or away game getting the right kid to the right playing field on the right day why are simple things sometimes so complicated thankfully with auto owners insurance doesn't have to be one of them we work with independent agents who keep insurance simple so you can worry about more important things like not being that fan oh come on ref that's simple human sense For all your real estate and insurance needs, please go to our website at SheridanAgency.com. If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports. All right, you're back with Dennis and uh, Brady, and let's start in the Macomb Area Conference where it was, uh, for all of our other teams, a big bounce-back night. For Port Huron Northern, it was business as usual. They took on Warren Fitzgerald uh, tonight. Uh, and, and Brady, the Huskies handled this one 41-6, and they took care of business. 
pretty much from the from the start. It took them a while to get their first touchdown, but immediately they established that their defense was not messing around. On special right. teams, they saw a weakness and they exploited it. Uh, and then once the offense scored its first touchdown, it didn't stop scoring touchdowns. Uh, for the rest of the uh, game. So we'll get to the highlights first, then we'll hear from Coach Larry Rollins, uh, and uh, then we'll uh, talk a little more in depth about Northern's thrashing of Fitzgerald. Low snap this time. Bloink's got it. There's pressure coming, but he's going to fire, looking into the corner for Williams, who made the catch against good coverage. Touchdown, Northern. Williams hauls it in from 18 yards out. For a Husky score. And that was a great adjustment. He was pretty well defended there. And Northern has a a chance here to put some distance between themselves and Fitzgerald. 7-0 Huskies. They're going to go jumbo in the backfield. The deep back is Buchanan. He's going to get the handoff, and he's going to work his way into the end zone for a Husky touchdown. Reese Buchanan. On a four-yard run, and Northern goes up 13-0. Bacana is the deep back. He's got uh, two fullbacks in front of him. Boink under center. Dillon's going to sneak this time, and he appears to be in. He is. Boink is into the end zone for a Husky touchdown. His first rush of the night is his fourth touchdown of the season, and Northern goes up 20-0. Cole and Kerrigan wide to the left. You've got uh, Delan. Out uh, wide with uh, Williams. And Bloink, straight drop, setting up a screen pass. Complete to Prone. He's got room. 20-15, 10-5, into the end zone for a Husky touchdown. He stayed in bounds down that far sideline and takes it in 24 yards on the screen pass for a northern touchdown. And it will bring up second down and goal from the one. Down to three minutes to go here in the first half. 28-0 Northern. We're going to get some beef in now. Owen O'Connor is going to enter the game into the backfield. McRoby, the tight end, is going to check out so that they can get an extra halfback in there. Out of a pistol look with Bacana behind Bloink. And Bloink wants to run. He's got an opening. He'll dive at the goal line, and he's into the end zone for a Husky touchdown. Dylan Bloink gets his second touchdown of the game. Another one-yard run for Dylan, And the Huskies go up 34 to nothing here with 2.22 to go in the first half. And now we'll see Ty Fletcher at quarterback here in the fourth quarter. So they say this young man has a lot of promise. They'll give him two backs and three receivers to work with out of the shotgun. He'll hand it off. And here's some uh, room for Hannah, and uh, Bacana is all the way through, untouched into the end zone for another Husky score. 17 yards right up the middle, and nobody ever put a hand on him. That's Bacana's second touchdown of the game. He had a four-yard run back in the second quarter, and for the second week in a row, the Huskies have gone over 40. They lead this one 41 to nothing. And would win it by a score of 41 to 6. Afterwards, I caught up with uh, Larry Rollins. With uh, Larry Rollins after a 41 6 win over Fitzgerald. Okay, so I've been doing this three decades. Maybe I've seen two pump blocks in a game, but not three. Um, obviously, they were struggling, but you guys 
did a good job of taking advantage of it. Yeah, we did. The defense did a great job on giving us short fields all night tonight, and then, um, and plus blocking those punts. I mean, that, I mean that's kind of how we got up so quick. You know, we got short fields, and offense did their job, and we got it in. So it was a, a very nice team effort with all three phases of the game. Uh, they picked up a few yards running um, in the fourth quarter. Obviously, you had some other people in the ball game, but uh, prior to that, you had negative yards rushing, and they really uh, on their running plays they didn't have a chance. Yeah, I mean, the, the, those guys up front did a fantastic job tonight. The linebackers did a great job. Um, actually, the entire defense played a, a great game tonight, um, and we played complimentary football. You know, they would get stops. They would give us a short field offensively. We would punch it in for points, and we would just kind of play off and feed off each other, and the special teams would, would had a great job tonight too. So I was, I'm very proud of the kids, very, very proud. So with the short field and all, uh, Dylan's 80 yards passing feels more like a 300-yard game to me and a, and a couple of touchdown passes and one that they that they didn't get there that where Kerrigan was out of the end zone but that was a hell of a throw and catch too yeah that was actually we watched it on replay on the sideline he actually was in he, he was in that's a it was a great ball by Dylan uh we were just trying to do a simple hitch to kind of get the first down and though those corners played good on that and he just kind of saw him the back end he threw it up for grabs but but that's what a senior does you know who's been running the offense he, he knows what's going on he knows everybody's supposed to be at and um he did a fan job, uh, great job tonight as well so two throwing, two rushing this week, and he had uh, three rushing and a throwing last week. So he's off to a terrific start, and uh, nobody's saying Northern can't score anymore. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> kind of not what I'm used to doing, but um, but yeah, I mean that we're you know we, we talked uh, preseason and uh, during the preseason, and you know I got a lot of returning players, you know which was, which is nice. We're experienced. We have a lot of skilled players. We got, I got two running backs. I got offensive linemen so I mean we're I mean we're a very balanced football team we can run and we can throw and, and we can grind it out with you or we can chuck with you so it's uh, I'm very happy where we're at but we got a long ways to go so though all right but a great start two and oh good luck next week thank you all right there's there's Larry and, and of course he's going to be reserved about it Brady you got a chuckle out of him but uh they've scored 85 points in the first two weeks in their defense uh, has been stellar it, it the second string gave up the touchdown tonight late in the game um, or they, they get a shutout easy. In fact, they held Fitz to negative rushing yards through three quarters, and Fitzgerald ended the game with 22 yards rushing. So they had some big runs in the fourth quarter with their starters going up against some younger uh, players. But, okay, first off, they blocked so many punts that Fitzgerald stopped punting. And the way you described this was – it wasn't that Northern just completely schemed something up. They saw the weakness, as you mentioned, and they went for the jugular. Yeah, they exploited it big time. It was, you said, the you told me off the air, the <laughs> punter could have called for a fair catch and then punted it. The snap took so long to get back there. There were some rainbows back to him. Uh, Alex Armstrong blocked the first two. And I, I said, well, keep an eye on Armstrong. He's lined up to come right up the middle. And Fletcher came off the edge untouched and blocked the third one. And, and it, I mean, like the, the punter is kicking the ball basically into the guy's chest. They're like, like standing right in front of them. Like they're waiting. Okay, now you punt it, and now I block it. Like because yeah. when you see a like a a full time the full operation punt blocked, it's really exciting because it's a race, and you might just get a hand on it. I mean, I saw a punt block tonight that was like that. But it sounds like you were <laughs> the punt blocks you saw. They went it back. You're like, oh, this is going to get blocked, and he hasn't even caught the ball yet. 
Yeah, uh, Northern ran 31 plays in the ball game tonight, and the last three were them taking a knee on their right. last drive. Fletcher took three knees. So really they only ran 28 plays tonight to score 41 points. They had 194 yards because everything was basically a, a half field. Their first drive was 70 yards, 60 of it through the air. Bloink threw really well tonight. He was five out of six at halftime, and he finished the game six out of 10, 84 yards, two touchdown uh, passes. I'm telling you, the new big play this season through two weeks are screen passes. Seems like I've seen a lot of big plays on screen passes. Um, the only big play that uh, Fitz had tonight was a 35-yard screen pass. And Northern had a 24-yarder for a touchdown, and they had a 28-yarder to uh, Daniel Moore in the uh, ball game, part of their first scoring drive. They didn't run much, but they ran successfully. Reese uh, Bacana, eight carries, 71 yards, a couple of touchdowns. Hayden Prone, only four carries, 34 yards, though, and he had a 24-yard uh, touchdown catch. And Bloink had four carries for six yards and two more touchdowns. He's rushed for five touchdowns this season in two weeks. He's kind of who I wanted to focus on because last year he was a guy that would go up and down and wasn't consistently playing well. Through two weeks he has. And as he's gone, the offense has had – he has, what, eight total touchdowns in two weeks? He had four, four each week. What did he have tonight? He had, what, two rushing, two passing? Yep. So, he had, yeah. And he had, I think, three rushing and yeah, one so passing. he's been involved in uh, eight touchdowns this season. And that has helped the Northern offense get going. It helps that, uh, like Larry said in the postgame, he has a lot of guys around him. Mentioned prone, and he can throw to guys on the outside. Dennis, this offense, I think, is doing pretty well. You said they scored 80 points in the first two games. They're going to score 80 more in the next two because this was going to be the tougher part of their early schedule. Lance Cruz North and Sterling Heights. I believe they both, I know Lance Cruz North lost. I didn't see a Sterling Heights score, but they both lost. Sterling Heights lost in week one to a Lamphere team, 64 to like 24. Yeah. And Lamphere scored eight points against Centerline this week. Yeah. Those are two. They won, but. <laughs> they won, but six. still, it's. Northern schedule is not going to be tough the next couple of weeks. And if they continue to ride the, this momentum, Huskies are going to be looking really solid. They have through the first two weeks. And Dennis, I can't do anything but sing their praises because everything I've asked them to do, they have. We talked on, on uh, Wednesday that, hey, last year we were high on Northern after week one, and then they got into a dogfight with East Point. Granted, I think that East Point team is a little better than this Fitz team, but as you always say, you play the schedule in front of you, and they've curb-stomped two teams they should curb-stomp. Uh, I want to get in, and yes, I'm doing this on purpose with the pun, but Aiden Heck had a heck of a game. Hmm. Said his name a ton tonight, especially in the first half when you know it was still a, a little bit of a football game, but it was becoming a lopsided game and he had a lot of tackles tonight and was involved on a lot of plays for uh, Northern. And uh, I, I wish I, I had the, uh, the movie uh, clip of him chanting, Maximus, 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 because <laughs> Maximus Williams, two catches, 
31 yards and a touchdown, including the opening score of the uh, game on an 18-yard catch that he was covered, and he made a great adjustment and kind of caught it basket catch. And you know early in the game, the sun is a factor at Memorial, and where he was at, he might have had to like look back into the sun to make that catch. Uh, it was a, it was a great catch. Northern did a lot of good things tonight. Yes, Fitzgerald helped them, but Northern they said, took advantage of it. Thanks for the help to the tune of forty-one to six. Last year there were times where the other team was helping them, and they didn't necessarily take advantage of it. Dennis, now they are, and Port here on Northern is going to be a team that I'm just going to say this right now from what I've seen the first two weeks. The Mac Blue staying somewhere in Memorial Stadium. Whether it's the east sideline or the west sideline has yet to be determined, but it's going to be one of those two teams because Port here on high bounced back with a very yeah. nice uh, win. I just want to I also want to give a shout out to Dimitri Kasparian, best play of the game. Rugby style punt and he ran for first down eleven yards on a fourth and a mile. I, I love those rugby style punts when you when you can trust your punter enough to give him the option. Yeah, run into the outside and that that's always cool when you see the rugby punt and he's holding it out, holding it out, and then he tucks it in and runs. Yeah. Right. So tell me about PH now because they won big. Fifty-five twenty-four. We don't have a complete stat list. We know Amari Holler threw for for a couple touchdowns. Obviously, they put up fifty-five points. They had a lot of guys score. They did a lot of really good things and they needed this one Dennis you said in in the preview show that they didn't need to win it 40 to nothing just get a win they didn't win it 40 to nothing and I don't know if they cleaned up the snaps and and all that if it was completely fixed but they got a convincing win and morale has to feel a little better because now going into Mac Blue play you're gonna play Warren Mott Warren Mott lost to Gross Point North who kind of down in the gold, but now you feel like you can build a little momentum. You're, you got that, that ick out of your mouth, yeah. and the Big Reds get a big win, as we were hoping for and kind of expected, but we weren't completely sure with a with a unknown East Point team. Well, I like the 55 points because uh, I feel like this is a Big Red team that's got Again, we say it every year, but they've got guys at the skill positions who can play, who I've been waiting for for a couple of years to bust loose and put up the numbers. Uh, and, and obviously, when you're scoring 55 points in a game, some guys had big nights. Uh, I also had heard that East Point got a couple of kick returns, so that means the defense only gave up half of those 24 points tonight, and that's big too. Yes, it is. Uh, I the Mac Blue just seems so down. Frazier, who did Frazier lose to? They lost tonight. Warren Mott, as I mentioned, lost to Gross Point North. Hold on, let me find it on the scores page. Yeah, they lost by why, a touchdown. Why is, why, why Frazier always there? plays close games, though. I, I will say they that. they do, but They're I the poor man's Northern only they, they don't win them. <laughs> <laughs> you're you're not wrong, especially against Northern the last couple of years, but. I, I thought if there was going to be a team that challenged one of the big re- or one of the Memorial Stadium teams, it was going to be Frazier. But Frazier lost to Warren Woods Tower. Yeah, not a good showing against the Matt Gold. Maybe Towers improved, but Dennis, we both saw that Titan team play last year. Yeah. They weren't anything special, and they got and smoked in week and, one. And their D one kid is gone. 
their best player from a year ago, what was it, Amari Embry, I think his yep. name was. He he went to Army, didn't he? Yeah. I believe that's where he went. He's gone, and pff, the Mac Blue looks ripe for the taking in week five. I don't want to put the cart before the horse, but it's looking like that might be the Mac Blue championship game, as it has been for basically the past half decade. Yeah. Hey, uh, all you people that went against Marine City this week, the, this the, is me sticking my tongue out at you. Mariners 56, Clawson 14. <laughs> Nothing wrong at Marine City that couldn't be fixed. No. Um, and interesting to note in this game, uh, looking at the stats, Jeff Heslip didn't even play. So without your starting quarterback, he didn't play. Uh, Zach Tetler, as we mentioned in the opening, he only carried it 11 times, Dennis. He had 169 yards and four touchdowns. Off night. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, it's funny because he had, like, what, 124 yards against Armada? But he had it on, ab- like, 22 yeah, carries. Yeah, and, and we talked about, like, you know, he had a blase yeah, game. Yeah, because for him, he did. Armada contained him. Because if you remember, he had about 40 of those yards on one run. So for 18 of the carries, he was held to 80-some yards. Tetler comes back and does what we expect him to do. Lincoln Osterlin was the man under center. He threw it nine times, completed seven for 102 yards and a couple of touchdowns. Also scoring, uh, Cam Maluski had a touchdown run. He had six carries for 39 yards and threw the air. Parker Atkinson and Anwar Sufian had the two touchdowns for Marine City receiving-wise and defensively ever- there, Dennis, you look at the stat sheet, there are 20 different Mariners that come up on on the stat sheet. So they did, honestly, Clawson kept this game slightly closer than I thought they would. They scored two touchdowns, which is two more than I thought they'd score. <laughs> so they didn't get, the game didn't end, or yes, it did end in, in, in running time, but it didn't end in super running time yeah, like no, I thought it they, would. They only won so, by 45. Yeah, the, the one person that picked against uh, Marine City, you are not the outright picks champion oh, 42, for, yeah. for, for the season. I mean, we knew Marine City was going to bounce back, and now they have St. Clair next week who got a bounce back win. It, from what I heard, it wasn't the prettiest win, and looking at the stats, it, it, it might not have been, uh, but they get a 28-6 win over the Fighting Abes of Warren Lincoln. Yeah, this is a big win for St. Clair. Um, uh, again, I, I, was, I was actually nervous um, about the Saints' offense, so four touchdowns to me is a big showing uh, and a big bounce back after you got shut out in week one by a Richmond team that gave up a ton tonight. Yeah. Um, so I think this is, and I don't care who it's against, I think this is a nice win for the Saints and something positive to, to build on, especially you had to win this game with Marine City coming up next week. For sure. Let me give you a few stats. Logan Ellis finally had the game. We kind of thought he would. Uh, they're a slightly messed up, so these stats might not be exact. Uh, it's twenty. They have enlisted 21 attempts for 161 yards and two touchdowns. I know he scored the first three touchdowns. They have a 20-yard run not attributed to anyone, so it might be 22 carries for 181 yards and three touchdowns. Either way, 
Heck of a night for Logan Ellis. Uh, Jackson Oles caught a 21-yard pass for the final score. The only touchdown Warren Lincoln scored was an 80-yard pass. So it sounds to me like it was busted coverage, and Lincoln made them pay. It wasn't until the fourth quarter, but St. Clair does this. They turn the ball over three times. They lose three fumbles in the game. That's the one negative you want to get out of your system. Yeah, because you know what I'll say about them for the first two weeks? They're playing defense. They've only given up 20 points. They have. They're, they're playing good defense. What, Richmond got them the first two possessions, and then they shut Richmond out the rest of that game. They just couldn't score in week one. In week two, they did some scoring, uh, and they hold Lincoln to a single score. So St. Clair, there's not, been nothing wrong with the Saints' defense for two weeks. Yeah, you have to score to win. They did enough. How about this? They outrushed Lincoln 264-45. to 45. That'll help you win games. 20 first downs for St. Clair compared to Lincoln six. They also, they did fumble it three times, but they forced four Lincoln turnovers, and that helps offset. Now, if you can get the turnovers without the your own giveaways, yeah. a lot. Also, one other key stat, Lincoln, 0 for 5 on fourth down. So it sounds like Lincoln wasn't punting the ball, but we talked about a get-right game and St. Clair worked towards getting right because, yeah, you have a conference matchup against the Marine City team that's, I guess, re-energized is the right word, refocused because sometimes when you win so much, you get complacent, and Darren Letson talks about it, the rat poison. As much as you try to, to, to get the antidote on the kids, sometimes the rat poison seeps in. I don't think there's any rat poison in Marine City anymore. Should be no. a fun one next week. We, and we talked about – well, real quick, do you have anything else on St. Clair? Do you want to move on to Mary's? No, yeah, we'll, we'll, let's get on to Mary's. Okay. Later. Talked about get-right games. I wasn't – didn't think this would be a big get-right game because I didn't think Marysville had a ton to get right. I thought they had a nice showing against Almont. Just had a few things to clean up. And boy, did they ever. A 53-12 to uh, when the, the Marysville Vikings, the dominant Vikings in the Max Silver. Yes, they, they were the ones pillaging uh, on Thursday night. Let's give you some stats. A big night for Michael Sacucci. Three rushing touchdowns and 210 yards. You know, uh, this is a kid that sh has shown us flashes, and I think Hazel Park is a team he likes to play against because I think that was his really big game last year too. So they clearly haven't figured out how to stop uh, him. And Mary's, I'm, I'm telling you, Marysville with Sakuchi when he's right, with McKinney when he's running the Speaking ball. Speaking of hard. McKinney, four, only 40 rushing yards, but – because Sakuchi was getting the home run when they got close to the goal line, they'd give it to Tyler McKinney, three rushing touchdowns of his own. Yeah. And they've also got Ben LaValle if they need him. Uh, and uh, Noah LaValle looks a lot more comfortable this season at quarterback through two weeks. Yes, he does. He, he only had 43 passing yards, but when you're running like that, why, why would you throw the ball? Yeah, no, when you're running the he ball He had 55 somebody, rushing yards as well. Donaldson had a touchdown, and Sylvia also added a touchdown. Here's And now, defensively, here's a kid who didn't play football last year that the Marysville coaches have been raving about, Tyler Simpson. 12 tackles, a PBU, and a safety for Marysville. I mean, that they were raving about this kid, and he shows up. 
They they start Max Silver play with South Lake. I if Marysville keeps improving, they'll be three and one going into week five with Marine City. And uh that would be huge for them because again, I think after losing in week one, Marine City's gonna be on the warpath for a little while here. And I, Marysville can keep improving. I like to see that game because I think they will give them a better effort than they did a year ago. So all our MAC teams, very positive results. We kind of expected that, Dennis. I mean, when we all were, like us, the people, and our guests were all in lockstep with the picks. It's not a shocker, but it's still nice to see because, again, last year there were times where we had a slate like this and we go, okay, this should be a good week for area teams. And they didn't always impress, and they didn't always do what we hoped they would. Yeah, with the exception of Northern, it was a get-right week for everybody, and everybody got right. And Northern kept improving. Yeah. Uh, just a couple other max scores. Anchor Bay's pretty good, Brady. They beat Gross Point South 45-20. to The sad thing for the Tars is next week they have to open league play in the MAC uh, red. I bet they, you they're looking forward to that, though. I, I bet you they are, too, and I bet you they think that they're going to do well in the red, but the red looks really tough again this year, and it's a shame because Anchor Bay's a really good football team. And, well, They'd they, win all the other MAC divisions. They they would maybe the white they dropped to Roseville because Roseville's a good team, but yeah, Anchor Bay with a nice win in a game we weren't sure they were going to win, and they do so dominantly, forty five twenty. Clintondale handles New Haven forty six fourteen. I think that's thirty two or thirty three in a row. The Rockets have it, dropped. It, out. It's a lot. But we have a lot of more games to talk about, including the game I was at tonight, Cross-Lex flexing their muscle. A lot of teams flexing around the BWAC. North Branch with a huge win. Uh, Armada passes the trap game test with ease. And Almont knocks out honorary BWAC member Hamtramck <laughs> with ease. They, uh, yeah. Yeah, The Cosmos didn't have a whole lot of luck and a whole lot of GTC, and you saw an eight-man game that we'll talk about in the third segment. Yep, it's all coming up. Get ready for outdoor fun at Alpine Cycles in downtown Port Huron. Skateboards, bikes, longboards, and accessories. They have everything you need to enjoy the warm weather. Alpine Cycles offers the best selection, and they're always getting new daily arrivals. Stop by Alpine Cycles today at 762 Huron Avenue at the corner of Huron and Glenwood or call 982-9281. Open Monday from 10 until 6, Friday and Sunday, noon to 4. When you run with us on a Gator UTV, the engine has your full attention, the herd takes notice, and the trail meets its match. Because with effortless four-wheel drive and our smoothest shifting transmission yet, nothing runs like a deer. Search John Deere Gator for more. Contact one of Tri-County Equipment's 10 locations in Bad Axe, Birch Run, Burton, Carroll, Fenton, Lapeer, Marlette, Reese, Saginaw, or Sandusky, or visit Tri-County Equipment online at tricountyequipment.com. Marshall E. Campbell Company, located in Port Huron, is a full-line distributor of industrial cutting tools, fluid power, electrical tools, and other electrical supplies, providing utility and contract-based services for more than 100 years. The company has a wide range of products that includes abrasives, automotives, ballast and lamps, boxes and closures, building products, chemicals and lubricants, electrical fittings and equipment, janitorial equipment, wire devices, and tapes and safety products. Marshall E. Campbell Company, located at 2975 Lapeer Road, or call them at 800 850 7520. 
Neiman's Family Market, located in St. Clair, is family-owned and operated and involved in the community. Neiman's has created a shopping experience providing a variety of quality products, specialty items, with superior customer service. Whatever your grocery needs are, from meats, bulk food, bakery items, produce, or even floral, Neiman's Family Market has what you will need. Entertaining? Neiman's has a full deli, and they do party trays. Check out our new mobile website and see weekly specials, coupons, and recipes. Open 6 a.m. to 9 p.m. all week long. Visit Neiman's Family Market in St. Clair. You'll be glad you did. When today is unpredictable, staying focused on your long-term financial goals matters more than ever. Count on your Ameriprise advisor for personalized, goal-based advice to help you navigate now and stay on track for tomorrow. Call Ameriprise financial advisor Dave Betts today at 810-987-5370. That's 810-987-5370. Office is located at 527 Huron Avenue, Port Huron, Michigan. Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC. Member FINRA and SIPC. Mattress King has been locally owned and operated for over 40 years. With locations in Port Huron, Richmond, Lapeer, Chesterfield, and Hall Road, they are the best one-stop shop for your sleeping and mattress needs. Mattress King carries all the top brands such as Serta, Stearns & Foster, Sealy, iComfort, and Tempur-Pedic. Not only do they have the best prices and best service in the area backed by hundreds of five-star reviews, they also offer interest-free financing and no-credit check programs for those with less than stellar credit. Once you get your mattress, they offer free local delivery on all purchases $6.99 and up. When you think sleep, think Mattress King. Shopping for a vehicle the last two years has been frustrating for all of us. Inflated prices and misleading ads that waste your time and money. Look no further than Jepson Car Company. Located at 5277 Gratiot Avenue in St. Clair, Jepson Car Company is St. Clair County's most transparent dealership. At Jepson, the price you see on a vehicle is the price you pay. No hidden fees or misleading rebates. When you need your next vehicle, stop by Jepson Car Company today. This is Nash Phillips. I'm a class of 2022 senior and varsity football player at Port Huron High. As a Port Huron School student, I get to experience an education with the most athletic, extracurricular, and academic opportunities in the region. The district provides personal success for all students because each Port Huron School's journey is unique and special. I know I'm supported by my teachers and everyone in the district, both in the classroom and on the football field. I also know they care about my well-being each and every day. Poor Huron Schools have prepared me for anything I choose to do with my future. Please go to www.phasd.us and our social media for the latest updates on Port Huron Schools. If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports. All right, welcome back. Dennis and Brady, Tri-County Equipment, Get Stuck on Sports podcast. Uh, and Crosslex in Richmond was the uh, highlighted game in the BWAC this week. That's where we sent uh, Brady. Uh, what do you want to say? Crosslex is damn good. <laughs> uh, they are probably better than last year, at least at this point a year ago. They're better. Uh Gavin Espinoza is that guy. Belly Grappi is that guy. Their receivers are those guys. And defense, they have a slew of dudes. And Richmond just didn't stack up. Listen to the highlights. We'll talk about it more. But, yeah, this is basically the uh, Croslex touchdown hour right here. 
First and 10 from the 45. Espinoza taking the snap. Looking down the far sideline. Hosterman wide open. Catches it at the 25. He's going to outrun everyone into the end zone. Touchdown, Cross Lex. Way overload right for the Pioneers. Snap, handoff, belly crop. He slips from some tacklers to the 25-20. Cuts back to the middle of the field. 10-5, touchdown, belly Croppy. He just don't go down. 13-0 Pioneers. Espinoza out of the gun. Second and 10 from the 26. Handoff belly crappie up the middle. He's got room. 40, 50, 45, 40, 35. He's outrunning everyone. Belly Groppy again this time for 74 yards and the score. Espinoza wasting no time. Power look. Everyone on the line of scrimmage. Espinoza out of the gun. Snap, handoff, Groppy. Bowls his way ahead. Hat trick for Belly Groppy. His third touchdown of the quarter. Cross Lex up big, 26-0. Trips near side. Snap, Espinoza looking for Groppy in the flat. Throws the slant. Caught by Soul. Touchdown, Cross Lex. Espinoza leans in, gets the snap. Straight drop. Looking over the middle. Caught by Gonzalez at the 30. Breaks one tackle. He's working towards the end zone. He's got breakaway speed. Touchdown, Cross Lex. Hat trick now for Gavin Espinoza. The run up and a deeper kick this time to the near numbers running up and making the catch. Trey Graham working to the outside. He's got room to work. 40, 45, 50. Trey Graham, he's going to take it all the way. House call for Graham. And Richmond gets on the board with some special teams magic. Espinoza, the quarterback, he's in the shotgun. Braylon Day, the fullback snap. Handoff, Grappi. No, Espinoza keeps it. Going to the wide side of the field, looking for the corner of the end zone. Stiff-armed one man, and he, did he get in? He did! Jackson, or Scavin Espinoza. What a play. Everyone, including myself, thought Belly Grappi had the ball. He pulled it, and Espinoza scampers in from about 12 yards out for another score. Espinoza's fourth touchdown of the night, his first on the ground, makes it 46-7, Cross Lex. Looking in, Espinoza takes a snap, straight drop. Looking, looking, wants to scramble, improvising, throws on the run to a wide open Aiden Wilkinson, and he will run into the end zone. There wasn't anyone within a country mile of Wilkinson, and one play is all Gavin Espinoza needs as he gives a big chest bump to his coach, Mike Legro for his fifth touchdown of the night. Inches away from the end zone. Second and goal. Under center. Monzo takes the snap. QB sneak. Nothing fancy. He powers his way over the goal line. And another touchdown for Croslex. The ninth time they've hit Pater tonight. 60-7. Croslex on top on the Monzo QB keeper. The last 10 seconds will run off. And Croslex emphatically will move to 2-0 oh on the season. 1-0 in oh a BWAC. 61-7. Croslex thumps their rival, Richmond. And the scary part is that uh, they scored 61 points. They turned the ball over three times. Oh, so they left a lot on the, 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 the table. Um, I talked to head coach Mike Legro about it. He was happy. He knew there's a little bit of room to improve because there's a big game coming next week. Here's Coach Legro. Coach Talk. Here with Coach Legro after a dominating 61-7 win. Coach, you uh, boys got off to a little bit of a rough start. You stalled out on your first drive through a pick, but once you got going, it was like a freight train. You guys wouldn't slow down. No, I mean, we've, we've had slow starts in the past, and we've overcome them. Uh, the kids were, uh, you know, they're, they, 
they knew that they'd get turned around real quick. Uh, the, you know, the first couple drives was kind of like a boxing match, you know, just feel it out, see what's going to work, what's not going to work, how they adjust to certain formations. And then we saw that we might have had a, uh, an advantage up front with uh, a couple of our power formations powered it up. I want to say Belly Grabby had like 150 yards rushing in the first quarter by himself. Probably had that on two plays. He had 100 right, on yeah, two plays. Right, and he's uh, he's – it's like, what do you do? Do you load up the box and then let Gavin do what he does for, you know, four touchdowns in the air? Or do you, you know, try to defend the pass? Now you're giving uh, Belly Grappi a light box. Now he can do what he did tonight against you. It's, I mean, it, we're, we're hard to defend. We had four different receivers catch the ball tonight. That just shows our diversity with our receiving core. Uh, I mean, it's it was clicking tonight. And, you know, we had a couple of dropped uh, – Balls that were on her fingertips that should have been another two or you know two or three touchdowns. So I mean, it's it's starting to click. We're starting to figure it out, and you know people are going to start to figure out that it's not a it's not a uh, re, uh, rebuild. It's a reload. You showed how you can shift gears. Draw touchdowns two, three, and four after a long touchdown pass. The, your playbook was essentially belly grappy left, belly grappy right, belly grapp up, up grappy up the middle for three drives, and then you let Gavin kind of sling it around. As a coach, it's got to be nice, like you said. You can switch from one to the other and not really skip a beat. Yeah, it was it was great, and the, and the kids absolutely love it too. They they love being able to uh, change things up. I mean, there there's like I said, there's some plays where we have five receivers out in the field and we'll sling it all over, and there's you know other times we have two or three tight ends with a fullback and a running back, and we say, hey, here, here's where the ball's coming, try to figure it out and stop it. I mean, it's, it's nice to have. As, as flashy as your offense is, your do- defense has just been silently deadly as in eight quarters of football, they have only given up seven points. The one touchdown tonight coming on special teams. Defense, until the third quarter, had only given up one first down. I mean, as an offensive coach, we talked about it in the pregame, but that's got to be so nice knowing, like you said, you can just be loose and let your kids play. Right, and I mean – Having a defense like we have, when we do make mistakes, I just know they're going to erase them. And, uh, you know, it allows me to take risks uh, more than uh, probably what I've done in the past because I know that it's so dominant uh, on the defensive side. And they give us they give us troubles all, all the time on, uh, you know, during the week in practice. And when you see probably arguably one of the better defense in the area day in and day out, it just makes us better as an offense. I know how you think. You're probably already thinking about Armada, a matchup that was for an outright BWAC title a year ago. You get them at their place. Are you going to enjoy this one, or are you already figuring out what you're going to do to Armada, who, who got a win tonight and is also 2-0? Yeah, I'm already trying to get that film right now, so I'll probably uh, enjoy this one on the bus ride home, and then I'm probably watching film as soon as I get it on. Well, Coach, uh, congratulations on the win, and maybe enjoy it for at least two or three hours before you get ready. Congrats, and uh, good luck next week. All right, thank you. Go Pioneers. Yeah, the scary part about the Croslex offense is the first two drives, as I mentioned. Richmond actually forced a three and out on the opening drive and then had a pick that uh, Brunel returned to the 20 on Croslex. A bad snap gave the ball right back to uh, Croslex. They hit a long pass to Drew Hosterman. But after that, the next three drives, there were three plays in the playbook. Belly grappy left, belly grappy right, belly grappy up the middle and it resulted in three touchdowns. And what happens after they score three touchdowns? They sling it around and throw four touchdown passes to four different receivers. They're pretty good. I've been trying to be polite about this, but I keep (laughs) saying until somebody beats them, they're the BWAC champs, and they're the team that I think everybody else 
is chasing. Now, there's a couple of teams out there right. that, uh, that are going to have a say in this, and Armada is the first one to get a chance at it um, next week, but we'll see. But the, that other team uh, that, that's going, hey, don't forget about us, North Branch put 60 up on Emily City tonight. Yeah, I do want to talk just a quick second more about uh, this game because I said in the preseason, I knew Gavin Espinoza had the athletic tools. I wanted to see him do it. All doubts erased in my mind. He, him and Jake Townsend are similar but different in the way they play quarterback. Uh, Espinoza might be a little more dynamic in with his legs and be more willing to run. They're both excellent quarterbacks. They're not a, quite an apples-to-apples apples comparison, but there's no fall-off, if any, here between these uh, between last year and this year with the offense. Defensively, I think they're better, which is crazy to say. They just have dudes all over the place. And, yeah, I, I was saying all preseason, like, I just need to see Espinosa do it and then I'll be 100% on board. I wasn't doubting him. I just knew that that offense took a little bit to get going. They, they got it going, and they are clicking on all cylinders because that Richmond is not a – they're not a terrible team. They shut out St. Clair last week, and they give up 61 this week. Again, while forcing three turnovers. It's, it's crazy to think the Pioneers left points on the board. <laughs> as far as the Espinosa thing goes, and I think this has to do with the fact – that I, uh, a couple of Richmond games that I saw, there was mop-up time, and I saw Gavin get in, and each time I saw him get in, they scored a touchdown, um, and, and I just felt comfortable that he was going to slide in. Now, I had no idea it would be 61 points in week two and 34 points on the road at Swan Valley, but that's what it's been. I, I was never really worried about him. No, and again, I'm not going to let us do this. Belly groppy. Because we get caught in the flash and the flare of Espinoza and Hosterman and, Gonza- and Gonzalez's touchdown was sick. Yeah, he caught good. a post route over the middle, and the safety, I think, smelled blood and wanted to give the big hit stick, lowered his shoulder. Gonzalez took it, took a step back, put his foot in the ground, and went goodbye right down the middle of the field. They are just so loaded with weapons that they're going to be dangerous. Coolest spelling of Jackson, too. Yeah, with an X. You like that, don't you? I love it. Um, But they just – they have guys all over the place. Uh, Nolan Moore played well defensively. Benny Mendoza. Joey Ramsey's just unfair to to game plan against. And I'm missing guys for both sides. Because they've got so many. um, They they do. So I apologize if I didn't say your name because – you're you're a good player in all <laughs> likelihood. Um, yeah, there's not much more to say about Croslex besides they are flexing their muscle and they are just outrunning teams. But as you mentioned, North Branch is a team that is saying, "Hey, that team to the far east, we're not we're not uh, intimidated by them. We have to wait to week eight till they see each other." But North Branch doing what we kind of expected, a 60-7 to win over Emily City. I mean, Dennis, yeah, is there really much more to say? They've scored – they've outscored two to – and, again, they, they have played two weak teams. But we said this is what the good teams do to the weak teams, 116-7 to in two games. Yeah. 
Um, and the, the touchdown Emily City scored was in late in the game, so it wasn't the starters that gave it up. I think it was almost 50 to nothing at halftime. Uh, yeah, North Branch is really good, uh, and we won't get the test uh, next week. It will be week four when the big test comes forward for North Branch when Almont, when they have to go to Hel- Almont. Um, yes, I'm paying attention to what you're writing on the board. <laughs> Instead of ham trambic, you wrote ham on rye. So the Cosmos played Almont. Almont beat them 44 nothing. Not a big surprise there. No, we were uh, expecting that. Again, Almont, hey, they took care of a team you expected them to take care of. The BWAC's looking really strong. I mean, I, Dennis, there have been good BWACs, but usually it's two or three good teams or four pretty good teams, but no one's elite, and they knock each other off. This is as strong of a BWAC as maybe we've had in the 20 years of the conference existing. Well, uh, and we got to still a couple more good teams to to talk about. I mean, Elmont did to Hamtramck what we were expecting Elmont to do. I also probably they got a lot of people out of there early tonight. Yeah. Like they did their damage in the first half and then uh, cruised to the finish line. You were a little worried about this Armada game that Yale was a trap team. It- and Yale is a good team. But uh, I think Armada makes a nice statement here, winning forty-two to eighteen. They do. It was, I believe, it was only twenty-one to six at the half. So Yale was fighting with them for a little bit. But Dennis, Armada just wears you down. They come at you and they're mean about it, and they bully you, and they don't care, and they take your lunch money and they go home. So I just have to imagine that. After only being up 21 to six, they they kept their foot on the gas and kept attacking Yale. And I didn't get stats from Armada for this game, but they they were really good. And hey, they passed the test. It wasn't the toughest test, but Dennis, we've seen teams do this before, where they maybe get an upset and then have that letdown spot. There there was no letdown spot here in their home opener. No, I I think that they knew the importance of this game with Croslex coming up and the fact that they needed to to make sure that they validate the Marine City win by winning the next week against Yale and saying, no, that was not a fluke last week. We beat another pretty good team this week. Maybe not the same level as Marine City, but we think this Yale team's up and coming. And Armada uh, said, nope, we're, we're, we're a good football team, uh, and they're going to go into next week. I'm not saying they're going to beat Crosslex, but they're going to go into next week at least feeling like they can. We'll talk about this. Obviously, this will be one of our games of the week next week that we talk about, but it's going to be a street fight is the best way I can describe that. And Yale, hey, they, they gave them a fight. And I feel kind of bad for Yale because I feel like in an average BWAC year, they're probably a top half team, maybe even creeping into the top I still think they three. are a top half team, well, well, we'll see. That's saying well, they're one of the four best in the BWAC, which no. is going to be a tough nut to crack because right now I think there are four schools that have very legitimate arguments that they say, hey, we can win the BWAC. And you're not going to laugh at them and go, you might say, eh, it might be tough to beat Team X, 
but it, I don't think any of the four teams that won tonight, Dennis, you would be flabbergasted if they were the BWAC champs at year's end. No, but there, uh, Croslex is the I favorite, st- I and still I don't have my dis- eye on one team. Oh, right I now. don't disagree with that at all. <laughs> Croslex has been the the fun team to watch, the explosive team, the smothering defensive team. But they have. But I'm a- I'm I'll, I'll I'm looking at it like this, Brady. L- less about the league and more about when we get to the postseason. If Croslex, North Branch, Armada, or Elmont are playing in a regional. That will not surprise me. And I think there's a chance we have to pick between those three teams on a on the third round of the playoffs where we go, ah, crap, do we not go to Elmont? Do we, come on, someone play Saturday yeah. with, with those three teams because the BWAC's just been unbelievable and we start to get, really get into the nitty-gritty of it next week. All right, let's run through these GTC East uh, games. There's another crossover week, but Ubley flexed again. They uh, crushed Carroll 42-6. to uh, six. No surprise there that the Bearcats are off to a 2-0 start with uh, two big victories. Uh, Harbor Beach rolled Reese. I actually think they had – did you say 42-6? to six? I think it might have been 42 nothing. I know there was some confusion what the actual score was. Moral of the story uh, – Ubley's good. Yeah. I just put down what the, the state had as the score. Gotcha. Harbor so, Beach, they had 42 nothing over Reese. Again, Harbor Beach, good. Uh, no no surprise. I don't think anyone's shocked by these developments. I was surprised by this score because I thought this would be a closer game, and uh, Lakers actually beat Cass City 39-12. to So that yeah, surprised me. Our, Not our, that the Lakers won because they're really good, but that they won by so much because – at least after week one, I thought Cass City was really good, too. Yeah, our adopted GTC East team uh, took one on the chin, and I was hoping for a little bit of a fight. I guess we'll have to see where it where it all shakes out. If Lakers really good, maybe we put too much stock in Cass City. But, yeah, Laker appears to be a pretty darn good football team, don't they? Yeah. Uh, Marlette off to a good start, and they beat uh, USA 38-12. to uh, 12. So what? that's 2-0 and for the Raiders. Yes, it is, and we talked about how that was a big must-win game because of what the GTC East is, and it's going to be a gauntlet. You start off 2-0, and gives you a little bit of room for error. Nice win for Marlette. They, they have a little bit of a culture building now after last year. Wasn't sure about Sandusky because their first loss was to Lakers. Who clearly are good, but Bad Axe put it to them 52 to 14. Yeah, and Bad Axe may be a little upset after losing to Ubley, but yeah, Sandusky looks to be a bit down. Uh, and Vassar shut out Memphis 28 to uh, nothing, but in all fairness, the Vulcans had two weeks to prepare for this game. Well, they had like five. Because if you include camp, <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess they didn't know Algonac. No, yeah, they didn't it. know Algonac. So yeah, just probably before a, the season started. about about two. And then the only other eleven man game that hasn't happened will be tonight. If you're listening to this Friday morning, Cardinal Mooney hosts Saginaw Michigan Lutheran Seminary. Uh, that's a seven o'clock kickoff pregame, six forty, and Cardinal Mooney looks to impress a little more and really establish themselves as, I guess, a football school. Yeah, and and they're approaching this game as maybe the toughest one on their schedule. We'll see. Right. But, uh, Dennis, you saw an eight-man game 
that, well, was was a pretty good showing. And, uh, yeah, you were, uh, you were, I think you were pretty impressed by the way this game was played. Yeah, uh, Deckerville KPAC happened on Wednesday. Uh, we did the game on GetStuckOnSports.com, and we'll talk about that first before we get into all the other eight-man uh, games coming up uh, in our final segment. Buying or selling a home? You need an experienced company standing ready to help you with all your real estate needs who is committed to making you the client number one. O'Connor Realty hung out its real estate sign in the city of Marysville almost 40 years ago to help the good people of this community buy and sell their homes. O'Connor Realty provides access to free, no-obligation home valuation reports prepared by a licensed realtor with no hidden fees. Located at 2801 Gratiot Boulevard, Marysville, give O'Connor Realty a call at 810 364 87 for all your real estate needs, O'Connor Realty, small enough to know you, large enough to serve you. Neiman's Family Market, located in St. Clair, is family-owned and operated and involved in the community. Neiman's has created a shopping experience providing a variety of quality products, specialty items, with superior customer service. Whatever your grocery needs are, from meats, bulk food, bakery items, produce, or even floral, Neiman's Family Market has what you will need. Entertaining? Neiman's has a full deli, and they do party trays. Check out our new mobile website and see weekly specials, coupons, and recipes. Open 6 a.m. to 9 p.m. all week long. Visit at Neiman's Family Market in St. Clair. You'll be glad you did. Brady Beaton here again to tell you about TP Logos. TP Logos has everything you could want when it comes to local high school apparel. Head to their store at 901 Michigan Avenue in Marysville and check out their brand new extended showroom. Their already impressive selection has now doubled. I guarantee if you go into TP Logos, you will find something you love for your local team. If they don't have what you like, they'll custom make something just for you. That's TP Logos at 901 Michigan Avenue in Marysville. Marysville. Overhead Door Company of St. Clair County has been serving the community for over 30 years. Located at 5400 Lapeer Road in Kimball, overhead doors are the premier choice for durability, serviceability, and hassle-free performance for commercial and industrial doors. Overhead doors boasts a complete selection of performance and safety-tested commercial and industrial upward-acting doors and manufacture a wide array of styles to meet your needs. Overhead Door Company of St. Clair County, 5400 Lapeer Road in Kimball, call 810 we welcome you to make Port Huron Schools your district of choice. Your child will experience an education with the most athletic, extracurricular, and academic opportunities in the region at Port Huron Schools. We specialize in providing personalized success for all students because each Port Huron Schools journey is unique and special. This year, more than ever, we truly appreciate our families and would like to thank them for their continued support. Please go to www.phasd.us and our social media for the latest updates on Port Huron Schools. Kaywood Auto has been serving the Blue Water area for over 100 years. They have the area's best selection of pickups and SUVs. And now Kaywood Auto is offering corrosion-free rust proofing. Call 987-3030. That's 987-3030 to make an appointment. Voted 2021 Best of the Best and President's Award winner plus 2022 Dealer of the Year. Kaywood Auto is open Saturdays 9 until 2. Visit www.kaywoodauto to make an appointment. Kaywood Auto has been serving the Blue Water area for over 100 years. Hello, this is Tim Sheridan, owner of Sheridan Real Estate and Insurance in Lexington, a family tradition that started back in 1925 with Grandpa Sheridan. Promoting trust, care, and excellence, Sheridan is dedicated to understanding and taking care of all your needs. Respected throughout the community and dedicated, 
Sheridan is a proud supporter of local activities like high school athletics. For all your real estate and insurance needs, please go to our website at SheridanAgency.com. If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports. All right, welcome back. Dennis Stuckey, Brady Beaton, Tri-County Equipment, Get Stuck on Sports podcast, uh, and uh, eight-man football. Uh, Wednesday night, I went out to KPAC uh, to uh, – it's not the first eight-man game I've ever seen, Brady, but it's the first one I ever broadcast. Was it a little different? It's – you know, right away, it just feels like a football game. Right, because it's – it's basically the same thing. Yeah. And maybe it's because you've seen like arena football before, so you've seen that kind of style. It's not a one-to-one comparison, but it's similar. Uh, but, yeah, it is a little different. One thing to note, and I heard when I was listening to the bit of the broadcast I could, sometimes the on 11-man fields especially, they won't mark hash marks because the hash marks are just the uprights. So the officials just look at the uprights and go, all right, that's where we put the ball, so there's no need for hash marks. Yeah, well, my, my problem was more so that we didn't have, like, yard marks. Like, they didn't have the markings for the yards. They didn't you're, have, like, a 5, 10, 15. They have the 5, oh. 10, 15, but, like, the 10 is marked, the 20 is marked, oh. the 30 is marked, the 40 is marked, the 50 is marked, but the the 25, the 30, those aren't marked, and there are no lines between the five yards. So if you're at the 32 or 33, you're, you're guessing. Gotcha. And that kind of sometimes you're focusing on, okay, where, where the hell is the ball? Right. Where are they actually at <laughs> on the field? Uh, and the pace is pretty quick and up-tempo uh, that they're snapping the play before you even realize what the line of scrimmage is sometimes. But uh, this was a real good football game. I thought KPAC – Got a few more breaks in the first half, and Deckerville started to make their breaks in the second half. At halftime, KPAC was winning this game 16-8, to and it kind of had a feel to it like KPAC's got a really good chance to win the game. Well, they started off really well out of the gate. Yeah, and then Deckerville came back, and they scored two kind of quick touchdowns. And you're like, okay, Deckerville's made the adjustments. They're going to take over the football game, and this is the Deckerville team that has won 98-man football games. Is that what the number is? Yes. In basically was, 10 years? This ended up being their 90th eight-man win. They're like 90 and 23. And now. what, 2011 was their first eight-man season, I believe? Um, I believe so. And I, they won the state the, title that year. We have the technology. We can check. So – I'm thinking, okay, now it's 22-16. to 16. Deckerville, all of a sudden, maybe KPAC has kind of, you know, done their thing. But no, KPAC, unfazed, marched downfield. 2012 was their first year, yeah, by the way. And, and got a touchdown and tied the game at 22. So that was your score after three quarters. Now there's seven minutes to go in the game, and KPAC gets a goal line stand and stops Deckerville cold at the five. But they can't move the football, and they have to punt out of their own end zone. And I don't know what's going on with snaps this season, but that is the bugaboo that we're seeing. It was a low snap. <laughs> Carryover from baseball and softball season yeah, it, where there were errors everywhere. <laughs> it, it was a low snap, and the, the punter 
had to make a decision. Run out, run out of the end zone and get tackled inside your five. Try to kick the ball and probably get it blocked. So he kind of underhand pitched it forward, hoping there was somebody out there to make the catch. There wasn't. I'm thinking incomplete pass, Deckerville's ball at the five. The officials looked at it, and they decided to throw a flag. They ruled it intentional grounding, which in the end zone is the automatic safety. Which Did you think that was the correct call? There wasn't anybody around where he threw the ball. But I'm thinking, if, if I'm Deckerville, do I want the safety or do I want the ball first and goal at the five again? Probably the safety because you trust your offense to get down the field. Well, they get the safety. They didn't have a choice in the matter. It's automatic. <laughs> so, so 20, They couldn't 20, decline the safety? They couldn't decline wait, the could, safety. Wait, could you have declined? I don't think you can. Is intentional grounding, a, is that an automatic? I, I, uh, I, in the end zone, I think it is. Actually, I, I think it is on a regular play, too. So, like, let's say... Because it is loss of down, so why would you decline it? Right, but... Uh, sorry, I, it's a little side tangent, but it's late and my my brain works like this. So, let's say K-Pack was up three points and there was under a minute to go. And they take the safety with the intentional grounding. Could you decline it and then get the result of the play, thus getting the ball at the five... If the situation warranted that. That's something you'd have to ask a referee, but I don't think you can. And if you're going to take the safety in that, just step out of the end zone. Well, I, I know <laughs> I know, it's a scenario that will likely never happen, but I'm just thinking if, if there was this odd set of circumstances where Deckerville felt it would have been better to not take the safety and they needed more points quicker that – they could have said no thank you to the intentional grounding. Yeah. Just Sorry, just a little side tangent. And, yeah, if we could find an official, I'd love to ask e him that question. Either way, Deckerville was in good shape because they were either getting the ball at the five first and goal or they were taking the lead 24-22 and getting the ball back because after the safety, obviously, there's the free kick to the other team. They ended up getting really good field position. They got a 17-yard uh, screen pass to Peter Lapp again. The screen pass has been killing teams, or, or at least in the games that I'm seeing uh, this season. And then they got a huge two-point conversion. So in a matter of a minute and a half, they scored 10 points, and a 22-22 game is now 32-22. And K-Pac's running out of time. There's four and a half minutes to go in the game. So their quarterback, Carlos Uribe, who had a great game, is running around trying to make something happen. He fumbles the ball. It rolls forward about 10 yards right to where Parker Merriman is standing. He picks it up, says, hmm, I've got the football. Then he looks up. He says, hmm, there's room to run down the sideline. <laughs> and he ran it into the end zone for a 60-yard scoop and score that now makes it 40-22. to 22. It's two touchdowns for Deckerville in 17 seconds. So it unraveled a little bit. So, yeah, now it's 40-22, to 420 to go in the game, and you're like, okay, you, tr you tried K-Pack, and K-Pack's like, we're not done. It took them 30 seconds to score to make it 40-28. to 28. Now it's a two-touchdown game. If they recover the onside kick, it's they still have four minutes left. And it's 
at least not likely, but plausible. Yeah, but uh, Deckerville did recover the uh, the kick, and they ran out the clock and got a very hard fought forty to twenty eight uh, win. Because again, like I say, it was twenty two twenty two with uh, six fifty five to go, and then you had the bizarre safety thing in the end zone that broke the tie. Uh, in a losing effort, Carlos Arebe, seven carries, 55 yards, and three rushing touchdowns for the uh, Chiefs. It was the Jekyll and Hyde performance of the century for Connor Palmer of Deckerville. Connor had three catches for 101 yards and two touchdowns. He also dropped two wide-open touchdown in the end zone. So, hey, <laughs> stat line was all right at the end of the day, and they got the win. They got you can the, for, no harm, no foul. You can they, forgive that. They, they got the win, and he got two big touchdowns in the, in the third quarter. But, uh, yeah, he dropped one on the first drive of the game, and he dropped one in the fourth quarter that would have been a touchdown that actually was on fourth down, and, and that's how Capac got a goal line stop that led to the whole uh, bizarre play. Hunter Garza. Uh, six out of 13, 121 yards, two touchdowns. He also rushed for 63 yards and a touchdown. Peter Lapp had his second 100-yard rushing game in as many weeks. He also caught two passes for 37 yards and a touchdown. Uh, I was impressed by both these teams. Deckerville. Deckerville comes out, Brady, and they look like a football team. They look like a football program. They warm up. They do football stuff. Eight-man, 11-man, they look like a football team. Bill Brown's been there for a long time. You can tell these kids know the system, know their jobs, know what they're supposed to do. They just look like a football team. Well, I want to pair talking about this game, and I want to lump in Brown City beating uh, Maple Valley 40-20. to so Brown City moves to 2-0 on the year. Cape Pack lost a game, but this was a big test. And I know Coach Robert Novi was a little nervous because they're, they're taking on a Deckerville team that has never missed the playoffs in eight-man. They've lost, They've if you ex- exclude the short COVID year, they have never won less than eight games but one time in their eight-man existence. They are a really talented team, and... They played with them. Yep. Then it, it's not crazy to think a few different bounces and K-Pack celebrating an upset. Where I'm going with this is Brown City and K-Pack might have combined for five or six wins this year. They would have beat each other, and they would have had a chance against Memphis, and depending on what their non-conference was, and they would have struggled, and they would have had very limited kids. They are seeing the dividends of playing eight-man immediately. When I got a chance to talk to Coach Novi out in KPAC, the one thing he said is, our numbers shot up right away, and you think that's a little bit of an oxymoron going to eight-man, but he said, we have a JV team now. Kids realize, oh, I'm a freshman. I'm not just going to go up on varsity and be a tackling dummy for for, – two years before I get a chance to play. No, I get a chance to get on the field and play right away. They have 40 kids in their program, Dennis, and it is, it's kind of reinvigorated a little bit a, a K-Pack program that has been way down, and we haven't talked about K-Pack with this kind of excitement, I guess. When was the last time someone left a K-Pack game and was going, 
Chiefs are going to be all right this year in eight-man. They probably played the toughest team in the Stars outside of Kingston, maybe. Yeah, I mean, there's still some tough games left, but I, I think K-Pac can compete. Like, uh, don't, I'm, a, don't I'm be hoping for playoffs. If they win a few games this year. I'm hoping they make the playoffs, especially their last game's case, Phil. If that's the difference, that's a slam dunk win for them. And Brown City's 2 and 0, and two convincing wins over, well, two teams on the other side of the state. Now, I believe that they bring in, uh, they, go, they either go to or bring in Britain Deerfield. No, that's later in the season, excuse me. All right, I'm going to butcher the name. Onekama. 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 Which I I think is somewhere near Lansing. They lost their first game 38-0. I don't know what they did tonight, but Brown City is probably going to go to 3-0. You have to imagine there is a little bit of buzz around the football program there that instead of being in 11-man and struggling to have players, and even if you have a good team, you're one injury away from your season going in the tank, to now having this opportunity. I talked about it last week, and I'm going to talk about it again, and probably every week that these two teams have success, because, it, Dennis, it's breathed new life into the program. Last year when we were doing this and we, we saw the Brown City or K-Pack score, it's like, all right, how much did they lose by this week? Where now... We were talking, I think, off the air or during a commercial that we're like, we'd love if there's a Saturday eight-man playoff game where Brown City or K-Pac's playing in it. That would be a lot of fun to do, and I don't think it's crazy to think that they could have a very successful season and win a postseason game, something neither program has done, I think, in at least a decade. Yeah, uh, and neither seems to really be having a problem getting a hang of the eight-man game. And, you know, the, the tougher part of it isn't necessarily the offense. It's the defense. And in week one, KPAC only gave up eight points to North Huron. Uh, and, again, yeah, Deckerville got 40. But at halftime of that game, it was 16-8 to KPAC. So, I mean, KPAC is very competitive. And, clearly, Brown City, they've scored 102 points in their first two games and only given up 32. It's been a blessing for both programs. And, yeah, like you said, it's just like watching a football game. few less guys out there, slight differences. But when it comes down to it at the end of the day, football for the most part is football. few little nuances, but you didn't feel like you were watching some foreign sport. No, no. I mean, it looked like it, it was a football game. Um, and, you know, that's what it was. You, you kind of, and, and I know that it's only like six and a half yards off each side. Yeah. But the field doesn't look that strange. And because of the way that it, that it is, it also doesn't look like there's not enough people on the field. Right. With the eight players on each side. Right. There's probably a little more it room to like work. It looks like they cover the whole field. But, yeah, it's, it's full, especially now that, Teams around the state have figured out defense. Uh, team that figured out their defense tonight, Peck, they beat Caseville 54 nothing, as scheduled. Yeah, Peck was going to recover from week one. Uh, again, this was a get-better week, and they had a good team scheduled for it in, in Caseville, who it's going to be a long year for the Eagles. Yeah, and the only game that I think surprised us a little bit on the Both entire slide. Both surprised me. Uh, 
Akron Fairgrove beats CPS 26-14. Ashley beats Merritt 26-6. I, I would have uh, put $5 on it that CPS was going to beat Akron Fairgrove, and I'd have put $10 on it Merritt was going to beat Ashley, and I would have been out $15. Well, and, it's, and both those teams out a win, a little bit disappointing. But besides that, Dennis, not a bad week for, for our area. I think in essentially every local versus non-local game outside of what Sandusky and Memphis and and those two eight-man games we just mentioned Blue Water area stood tall yes it, it did and if you well, want to consider Cass City now our our adopted member yeah. well I mean hey they're they're in the east now and they're not that far away from Marlette and, and Sandusky so uh but anyway um, next week we do make the switch to Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. So enjoy the long weekend. Don't be surprised when our episode's not up on Labor Day. Uh, but we still have one more game this week. If you're listening to this Friday night, I'm telling you, Brendan Hazenlater is that guy and would be a weapon on any team. He is dominant and I will see him tonight at Cardinal Mooney when they bring in Saginaw Michigan Lutheran Seminary for a seven o'clock kickoff at East China Stadium. Kind of looking forward uh, to, to that game. Uh, I'm really interested to see how it plays out. So a good one to uh, wrap up week two. Yeah and then next week a uh, little bit of a rivalry um, action. I know we have the two big ones but there should be a really good slate. Everyone getting into conference play. Dennis two weeks in and I think we have some pretty darn good football teams in this area. I do, too. Uh, and I, I think it's uh, it's shaping up that maybe there's a couple more than I thought. I was, I was just going to say before we wrap this up, there have been a lot more positive surprises. There really hasn't been that many that I went, ah, I wish they would be better. Most teams are living up to what I thought they could be. Yep. I, I would agree with that at this point. All right. Anything else before we uh, send it home? No, I'm. Am, am I nine and zero right now? Yeah, I think. Well, are you nine? We had the same picks. We're both like nine I, and zero. Like I'm only worried about what I'm doing, and I think I'm nine and zero. And I and I would think make me uh, eighteen and one. And so Randy far. Shagney is nine and zero too, and the people are nine and zero too. So go Mooney. Yeah, this was a pretty. I, I don't want to call it a Mickey Mouse slate of games, but. It was pretty overwhelming. Man, I, one two-point conversion, and I could be going for 20-0. and 0. Mm-hmm. Blame Tristan Herb for making the stop. But uh, Blame him. He's doing his <laughs> job. Um, everyone, enjoy, him. everyone enjoy the long weekend. Uh, it, it's, so, it's so good to have football back. <laughs> All right. See you. Bye. From Port Huron to Marysville and St. Clair to Marine City, the Blue Water Area is stuck on sports.